0: Welcome to my third eye, prying open your thought, truth and reality, questioning everything and anything from conspiracies, cryptic, spiritual, natural healing, and everything else there is to encounter. Everything we think is not real, just might be real. Welcome, welcome to my third eye.
2: To 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 come out right. What would what would we do if it came out that uh, there were dark-skinned people that were here and in power before <clears throat> the 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 white man ever got here you know what would that do to the whole narrative
0: oh man it would flip it right on the head you know? exactly and and to to speak on that note there's actually even um data out there that native americans are actually more close closely related to um asian um, right discuss. the mongoloid yeah yeah. And and it's like, whoa, hey, you know, and you know, it could make sense if Pangaea was a thing at one time. Welcome back to another episode of My Third Eye. Uh, I have returning guest Mad Hatter back on and we discuss a array of things from geopolitics to uh who might have actually inhabited uh, the the Americas before white man ever came. Um, and a, and a whole bunch more. Uh, the conversation is never boring when you get a meet up with uh, the Mad Hatter, and he is just a, a wealth of knowledge on so many topics. So make sure you go over and uh, give him a follow on Instagram. He does have a, a podcast out, but uh, he's not—he hasn't been producing any episodes for for a while. So I don't know what, what's going on there. Hopefully, uh, he gets back up and running because dude's wealth of knowledge. Also, full episode is available for three dollars on patreon.com forward slash my third eye podcast uh sign up for five bucks and you get that the pocket tavern and everything else so also this episode is brought to you by purepetwellness.com enter ghost at checkout and you get 20 percent off your entire order this is a family operated uh pet cbd company um and they have amazing products uh I, I say it all the time i use it on my my pity mix and i even do give it to the other dogs now and again too because uh my my larger uh french mastiff which is a dog Day bardo uh rottweiler mix uh it does get a little bit of uh separation anxiety when we leave even though we have a house of three dogs uh but you know it helps calm calm his nerves and he, he doesn't get you know all worked up and uh it does help with his uh his allergies to an extent. He doesn't itch as much. Uh, also check out everything they have to offer over there at pet purepetwellness.com. Again, that's purepetwellness.com. Enter promo code ghost at checkout and you get 20% off your entire order. Uh, sit back, have fun, and enjoy this episode with Mad Hatter. This is part two. guys welcome back to another episode uh today i have returning guest matt hatter uh you first heard him on on my episode he might have been on a talk at the tavern and uh we're back to to chop up some geopolitics and see what else we get into today so
2: how you doing Matt Hatter? i'm doing great man i appreciate you having me
0: let people know where
2: they can find you I am, uh, my home right now is kind of just Instagram. I'm Hatter Will Happen hatter underscore will underscore happen. That's my third page on there now, I think. Trying not to get this one nuked. Um, I also got my podcast going finally, which is Tea with the Hatter um, on Apple, Spotify, um, and Anchor. So third episode of that should be coming out hopefully this week and recording a fourth. Um, so that's been a lot of fun and uh would love to hear anybody's thoughts on it if they have a chance to go a listen
0: absolutely I highly suggest people go out and uh, give that a listen follow them on instagram and, and what have you so uh yeah congratulations on getting that, that podcast up and going finally I know it was in the works for, for quite some time for you and finally got a got a chance to pull the trigger so that's awesome to hear
2: it was a long time going and and you know everybody says they're gonna start a podcast and it was one of those things where it's like, Oh, I'll get around to it. And then you sit down and you start setting it up and you realize there's a lot more that goes into it than talking, you know, I've always been, I've always been a good talker, you know, Um, but the technology, not so much. And um, it's, it's very different uh, being the interviewee than it is to be the interviewer. Mm -hmm. Uh, A good interview is an art and it's an art that I'm slowly trying to, to learn and be able to, you know, kind of focus on, on what's being said, but keep in mind where you're trying to go and where you came from. And it's, it's, there's a lot to it, man. And so it's definitely been a learning process for me. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it is a big learning process. Cause I know when I first started out, I, poo, I, I never interviewed anybody, you know what I mean? But I knew I was good at having free flow conversations, So I kind of fell back on that on my end and kind of let the, the interview kind of just develop naturally and just see where it goes. You know what I mean? And and like you said, keep, keep it on track. And then, you know, but here, here at my third eye, we can go all over the place. It, it doesn't matter. And I like that, right. but you know, and I, th- I think you'll do great, man. Cause you're, you're an easy guy to talk to and you're, you got a lot of information to, to get out there and um, you know, I, I've never had a boring conversation with you. So I think you'll do good at, 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 at being the interviewer instead of the interviewee because i know the first couple times i went on somebody else's podcast as a guest it was fucking weird you know what i mean <laughs> you're sitting there you're used to asking the questions and kind of guiding it and you got to be like well i'm not in control of this and and you know you kind of see where they're coming from you know what i mean so right. sure, yeah it, right. it is different but i think you'll pick it up like and i mean like
1: A
2: lot of what my intention is with with my podcast and I think why I talk on these things to begin with is kind of just destigmatize magic and alchemy and all these things that I was raised to think were, you know, evil or dark or unacceptable. I was raised uh, very, very orthodox and uh, standard religion um, was a, a big theme in, in both sides of my family. I was raised very Christian in, in one aspect and, uh, my stepdad was very Mormon. And so sometimes I was supposed to be Christian and sometimes I was supposed to be Mormon. And there were things that we just didn't talk about. There were things, questions that we didn't ask. There were things that we weren't allowed to do, you know? Um, and I always had an issue with the uh, the dogma, right? And mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand why there were things that I weren't allowed to ask. Question, I wasn't allowed to ask questions about, right? And I can't understand something and participate something if I don't understand the metrics and the ins and outs of it and the whys, right? And so for someone to tell me this is what you're going to do and this is this is the way that it's going to happen, but I, I can't tell you why and you can't ask why, and it's it's just the way that it is. That never sat well with me. Um, me crystals and and uh, crystals was actually like my first step into that door was, um, yeah, I was told that was evil that was any anything outside of this little box of religion that I was given to exist inside was was satanic or was uh, evil or dark and um, me kind of experiencing subtle energy with crystals and finding that world kind of made me realize that maybe there was some other stuff that wasn't acceptable when I was a child you know that that maybe i was interested in and it it kind of just dove in headfirst and led me to uh, alchemy which has really changed my life you know i i heard the word alchemy and envisioned like this this like dark sorcerer in this cave somewhere like concocting some potion that he was going to poison yeah. the world with or something and uh really any trying to create change uh, with any kind of methodology is alchemy. There's there's physical alchemy and spiritual alchemy and mental alchemy and emotional alchemy. And alchemizing all these separate areas of my life really gave me the ability to take accountability of my experience, right? Because that's the first step into creating a better experience is acknowledging that you're where you're at because of choices that you made, right? And, and learning to be a master of your experience as opposed to a victim of somebody else's experience, because there's no middle ground there. You are either a master or you are a victim. Right. right? And I had spent my entire life in this mentality of victimhood and this vibration of victimhood. It was my mom's fault, or it was my friend's fault, or it was my boss's fault, or, you know what I'm saying? And it was always Mm -hmm. somebody else's fault. Um, And so taking ownership of the stupid shit that I had done and why I was where I was at and, and learning to own that and embrace that, Um, accountability really gave me the, the kind of a roadmap for starting to move forward and changing things and making better choices and aligning my actions with my intention, right? Because we all have good intentions, right? But we are, we're, we're programmed to act, you know, what is deemed good by the populace or what is deemed right, or what is deemed inclusive, right? There's all this programming that we experience that teaches us not to be who we want to be, Right, and so mm-hmm. learning which thoughts were my thoughts as opposed to thoughts that I was programmed to think, right? Because if anybody who takes a second and sits down is going to realize that most of what goes on in their head is not theirs. It's it's programming. It's what you've been coached and conditioned to believe and conditioned to think. Um, and so kind of learning what thoughts were mine to begin with was a big part of that learning process. And then being able to take those thoughts and align them with my intention and align those intentions with my actions, um, was a really special process for me. And I'm hoping that, um, talking about it and, and having conversations like these with people on my podcast and on other podcasts can kind of help people uh, break that programming and start to do the same thing.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm right there with you. You know, I grew up, um, my mom was Catholic, and then I got into Christianity as, as I got a little older. And when we lived in Idaho, um, there was a heavy Mormon influence. And I remember one day uh, I came home from school, and apparently I did something wrong on the playground. Well, it, it was programming from my mom because, you know, you'd always have, you know, the the LDS showing up or, or at your your door trying to come <laughs> right. and what have you. And she'd always look out the window and she'd be like, oh, the Mormons are coming. The Mormons are coming. Well, here that day I was running around on the playground field uh, or the playground screaming and yelling them, that the Mormons are coming. The Mormons are coming. They're going to get us. Well, 99% of that, you know, grade school was Mormon. And, you know, so I, I got talked to, you know, you're not allowed to do that. And bringing that up, do you have any like experiences with the Mormon church or belief that people... Cause, cause I've been kind of looking into it a little bit that the Mormon religion really isn't the religion that, that they portray. They, right. they I, I think they're more uh, right now where I sit, I think they're more, um, they changed their names from Mason to Mormon and, and a lot of their, their practices and, and religious beliefs are a lot similar to a lot of your, your secret society rituals.
2: Right, right, totally. And I, I mean I think there's a lot of that. I think it's a very common theme in most religions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the Freemasons and and the, something that I try to clarify is I don't I don't think that all Freemasons are are bad or evil. I think there's good and bad in every sect of religion and mm-hmm. and whether it's magical practice or anything. I think that a lot of people hear Mason, oh, so and so's a Mason, and they think that they're, you know, part of the deep state, you know, or they're the enemy or something. And I don't I don't see it that way. Um, I think that a lot of those secret sects and and practices had to get a lot more creative because they were made public, right? And um, I think that a lot of that spans from the Templars, right? And uh, when they were persecuted, and so they originally they were the the Templar knights, and then they were the uh, they went to I think Portugal, and they were the I I'm having a hard time, but they've changed their name several times. I think that's a lot of what the Freemasons are is what's left of the Templar Knights. Right. And that, um, Mormonism is probably an offshoot of a lot of that. But I think you see that in the Catholic church and the Christian church as well. I just don't Mm. think that some of the traditions are quite as closely adopted. And I see, and listen, just so that it's said, I come at religion really, really hard. Right. And because I was a victim of what I consider this cult-like mentality, right? I was taught that everything outside of this box was a, was cult-like, right? Which is cult-like, right? To say anything other than this behavior is a cult, is what cults do, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I was in what I view as a cult and I was being told everything else was that, you know what I mean? And so it was like this really weird reverse psychology I lived in fear for most of my life. I thought that I was going to get smited for having conversations like this. I thought that I had to spend my whole life trying to buy my way into into this thing called heaven or I was going to burn for all of it. You see what I'm saying? And so like, I was a victim of the church for most of my life. And when I talk about the Christians or the Catholics or the Mormons or the church or Abrahamic religion in general, I'm not talking about the people right? I'm not saying that I think all Christians are bad or all Catholics are bad, right? I'm talking about the church and the institution and the way that that institution has been used to control people and create fear and create scarcity and create conflict and all of these things that it has because, you know, paganism, for example, which essentially is like nature worship, right? it's um it, There's a lot of offshoots of paganism, but uh, I mean, the biggest difference between, and Christianity is paganism basically it's just masked Mm -hmm. um but we were spirituality was very in tune with nature for a long time right and that's what being spiritual was was this connection with the universe and with your higher self and with the earth and with the other living organisms that live on the earth and these other um dimensional beings or whatever you want to call these things and and the gods right and i think that one of the big things that christianity did was like take different levels of gods out of it. It's like there's one God and there's people and there's nothing in between except angels. And like I think that to think that there's only that there's not some sort of hierarchy in in between the creator and man is kind of asinine. I think that the old gods were probably whether they were a creator species or whatever, I think they were very real. Um and I think there's a lot of confusion between cosmology and, and 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 deities and stuff um, which gets confusing and you really have to go back and dig and look but uh, like paganism was demonized right and uh, to to worship nature was was witchcraft or witchery right and then and, and Abrahamic religion was used a to empower the man I believe was a big part of it um, a lot of cultures before that were matriarchal as opposed to patriarchal. And you have this dude called Moses that wanted men to be in charge. And so he went around with an army and, and tried to get people to adopt this book called the Bible that he said was the word of God, um, which the Gnostics believed came from the archons. Um But this whole Abrahamic religion, I think, was to pedestalize the man, right, and make the woman subservient and make the woman secondary and almost make the woman property, right? And I think that Mormonism is almost taking that like a step further, right, with uh, um, a good Mormon wife does what she's told, you know, more so than uh, what I think you're taught in Christianity or Catholicism. Like they are very subservient. You see a lot of it in uh, some Eastern European uh, forms of, of religion as well but in Mormonism specifically you're allowed to have more than one wife right the man is is a, on, on a different a different level a different class than the female and I think that's a big part of what I see in Mormonism is, is, is the the control and the control of the woman by the man and the control of the man by the church right and yep. I think it's just another layer of this subservience and I think that all Abrahamic religion, is an inversion in itself, right? Because what we're trying to achieve in spirituality is a connection with the divine, right? A connection with our higher self. And, you know, even if you get in the Bible, it'll say, God tells you, you can worship from your closet. Right. Mm-hmm. And that you, you shouldn't worship in a, in, in, in a house built by another man and you shouldn't be paying for stuff like this. And so even inside of these Abrahamic religions, it warns us of things like big religion and of churches um but we're taught to fear to not be a part of that and so when, when you really break it down none of it none of it makes sense and uh the old testament specifically i think there's 2.4 million confirmed kills by god in the old testament which is is crazy so it's okay for uh, this this being to kill uh indiscriminately but we're taught thou shall not kill you know mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if your wife sits down in in, in the wrong place, then she's going to get smited. If you grow the wrong crops next to each other, then you're going to get smited. If you, if you mix cotton with silk, you're going to get smited. You know, there's this angry, jealous, vengeful God that we're taught to fear. And I don't accept that my creator is angry, angry or vengeance or, or vengeful or jealous. You know, that's not, that's not a deity I'm willing to worship. And so I think that a lot of just the structure of most of these abrahamic religions when when you break it down outside of the fact that you were programmed to 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 believe that and not question that none of it really adds up you know
0: right and and man i i i i tell people that a lot you know if you look at the god of the old testament very vengeful and then the God of the New Testament is complete opposite as above, so below, you know, love, right. do this, do that. But what I, what I guess, what I struggle <laughs> with is if you, if you look at it at the end of the day, all these religions are, are, are a man-made theory because Correct. none of us really absolutely know what happens after we die. Now, do we feel that, we were created by a higher creator. Absolutely. I mean, look in the mirror, look around you. I mean, look at the ant crawling on the ground. I mean, every part of him is specific to that and and unique just like we are. And if you take the Bible and we are created in his image, well, that kind of makes us part of him. So we are part of the creator. We are in a sense, maybe a part of, we are a God. We're gods. Yeah. Yeah. And then people, you know, I understand certain certain areas of spirituality where people can, you know, say, all right, well, this, you know, you, you got to look back at when the CIA uh, came out and with the new age thing as a psyop to, to you know, kind of coerce and get people away from the church or this or that. And, but if you just take the fundamental thought and, and idea of, of yourself, to know, okay, we all have good intentions, like you said. Well, my, my intention is to be good and I, I want to go to a, a greater place. I don't believe that because I, I lose my, my temper because I smashed my thumb with a hammer and, and I say a couple swear words and, and get pissed off for a second, that that's going to or you know, put me in hell for the rest of my life. You know, right. It just doesn't make sense to me.
2: Well, and I think that as far as the heaven and hell thing, like if you ask me, I I call this place earth school, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that we're here to learn and to experience. And I think that we are fractals of this divine essence, which is this being that's referred to as God or source or, or, or the, the universe, you could even call it, right? Like, I think we're all fractals of that that are experiencing different forms of physical experience to gain uh, perspective, right? right? Because if we are all infinite and unknowing, then what is the point of all this, right? If we already have all the information, then what are we doing here? Right. But it, information is useless without perspective. Right. You could have all the information, but if you don't have perspective to associate with this information, then you have nothing. Right. It's like the difference between information and intelligence or or knowledge and gnosis. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we come here to experience things that that that's, that's what we're here for is to just experience things. Right. And I think that you keep coming here until it, you could make the argument that you get it right. Right. Or that uh, until you've grasped enough of this perspective that you can go. And I think there's several places to incarnate. I don't think that earth is the only plane that we as a string of consciousness incarnate on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you most people who are listening to this podcast this is probably not the first time they've been here. Right. right. I, I, I think that you find things that match your energetic or your, your, your vibrational frequency. Right. And so whether it's a podcast or whether it's a video, there's stuff that you find because that's the frequency that you're vibrating at. Um, but like, it's also important. People get caught up in this good, bad paradigm, right? What what people don't understand is that there is no such thing as good or bad. And people freak out about that. And they're like, so you think that, you know, child trafficking is isn't bad. And that's not, that's not what I'm saying, right? I'm saying that all of that is subjective because it's based on someone's opinion, right? And if you're going to live your life based on someone's opinion, then you've already lost. And, and And to prove this point, I would ask, at what temperature does hot water become cold? Mm. Right? Yeah. Now, if we use 80 degree water as an example, right? And you climb out of 60 degree water and you get into that 80 degree water, that water is going to feel warm, Mm -hmm. right? But if you climb out of hundred degree water and you climb into that 80 degree water, it's going to feel cold.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. So is the water changing?
0: No, you are. Or is
2: the way that you're perceiving the water changing, right? Water is just water, right? Things just are. Anything that we have ever associated as good or bad is based on programming, Right On what we were believe, what we were taught to believe what good or bad is is from our parents, it's from our government, it's from our teachers, right? It's from our our, our mentors, it's from our friends, right? And a lot of it is based on social acceptance, right? We don't want to be deemed an asshole. Are we, can I swear? Is that okay? Oh, yeah, you have um,
0: freedom of speech here. But.
2: Okay, We don't want to be perceived as insensitive. We don't want to be perceived as ignorant, right? Um, and so we're taught, this social structure and this set of rules that fall into this parameter so that we can be perceived the type of way that we want to be perceived, right? Because we mm-hmm. care about that. We we care about the way that we appear to people. Now, something that I realized in my studies and my journeys and my mistakes, right? Is that you can either live to look righteous or you can live to be righteous, but you can't have both. Right. Right. Those things are mutually exclusive. So if your intentions are aligned with your actions, which we already decided was the goal. Right. And, 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 and you're, you're here to align those intentions with your actions and to learn and to experience, right. You have to accept the fact that a lot of those actions that are aligned with your intentions are not going to be perceived well by other people because they don't have the same set of, uh, they don't have the same context as you. They don't have the same intention as you. They don't have the same information and they're they're not coming from the same place as you. So if two people are standing in two different places, they're going to see two different things. Right. And you can't make someone stand where you're standing because they have their own set of journeys and lessons and and that they've been through and they're walking their own journey in this experience, trying to develop the perspective that they need to find here. Right. Mm -hmm. I believe that a lot of the interactions that we have with people in this experience are based are, are like, it's like soul contracts, right? We are playing a role in this experience with other people to be able to attain the perspective that we need. And we're doing the same thing for them. Right. And so a lot of the bad shit that happens to us, I believe that we asked for, right? That we put these things in front of us. And this is another really triggering thing, right? Like I, for example, had a very abusive childhood, which really fucked me up for a long time, right? I was this victim and I was this way because... This happened to me when I was a kid and because mommy didn't love me the way that I wanted her to and blah, 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 blah. And it was this excuse and it was this crutch. And every time I found myself in a shitty situation, I had mom to blame or I had my stepdad to blame because he beat me up or I, you see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I'm grateful for those things at this point, which might not make sense to a lot of people, right? You're grateful that you had a very abusive childhood. Yes, I'm incredibly grateful for that because that is what gave me the perspective that got me here. hmm. See what I'm saying? They were an integral part of this journey. And I like me, right? And I like this experience that I've created. So ultimately, those are good things, right? This is transmutation. I've taken something, I've taken lead and I've turned it into gold, right? I've taken something unusable and I've made it usable, right? And I've made it favorable. And that's what this experience is is taking unfavorable things and making them favorable. And I think we put challenges in front of ourselves, right, before we come here to create the trans to to, to create the opportunity, to create the transmutation that we're here to attain, right? Which is how we grasp the perspective that we're here to grasp, right? And so if you look at life that way, it's really hard to perceive anything as bad, right? Because they are pushing me further forward on my journey and other people are doing the same thing. So you have figures, right, like Bill Gates, right? Mm Who everyone, and Bill Gates is this terrible person, right? Bill Gates is just playing his role. Okay. He is here to create perspective, right? And we can spend our whole life being mad about that, or we can understand that he's playing his role and we can try to understand what we're supposed to take from him playing that role, right? And believe we've all been Bill Gates before. We don't like to admit it, right? But we've all been the bad guy at some Mm -hmm. point because that was a part of our journey at some point. So we can get hung up on this good, bad paradigm, right? But ultimately, this plane is dual, right? right. Everything here is dual. This is the, the principle of duality. And, and 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 if someone hasn't looked and read the, the seven principles of Hermeticism, the, the, the Hermetic principles, they they really should, right? Because if you learn those and you work those principles, you study those principles, you live your life by those principles, your life's gonna change right? But this is the principle of duality or of polarity, excuse me. And it says that everything is dual. Everything has poles, right? For every good, there will be a bad. For every hot, there will be a cold. For every ounce of darkness, there will be an ounce of light, right? But it also says that those two things are the same, dark and light, good and bad, hot and cold. These are just varying degrees of the same thing right and the only mm. difference between those things <clears throat> is how we interact with it right how we perceive that okay and so if we live our whole life trying to be good right who's good who's good my good or your good right or the good of public opinion right or the good of the uh, the government or the good of our parents because none of those things are the same no you see what i'm saying so good and bad doesn't matter, right? If you are going to find growth in something, and that doesn't mean that it's okay to hurt kids or whatever, because you're not going to find growth in that, right? That's not about you evolving, right? Or, or or connecting with your higher self, right? But if you are good intentioned, right? And you have to be careful with that because the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Yeah. That's
3: another thing. I- Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty
2: And everyone's going to make mistakes. You just can't worry about it. You know your intention, right? And if your actions are aligned with your intention and your intention is to grow or your intention is to create change, a positive change, right? Then it doesn't matter how anyone else perceives that. That's irrelevant because all that's subjective and you can't control that. And there's no point in focusing on things that you can't control, right? So at some point you got to just say, fuck it. I'm going to do me. Right, And I'm going to be me unapologetically. And that's what the Mad Hatter thing, that's where that came from, dude. I spent my whole life trying to prove to everybody that I wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. My whole life. I've been a conspiracy theorist since the way back. That's how I found uh, spirituality was through, spirit, was through conspiracy because I couldn't figure out why all of these conspiracies were. right. You put spirituality into that mix and everything makes sense. Every conspiracy that has ever been perpetuated was perpetuated to keep you from understanding how special you are, mm-hmm. period whether directly or indirectly, it's always that every single time. Right. And for me, it was nine 11 uh, and it just kind of spiraled from there. But eventually I got to a point where it didn't matter how people perceived me. Right. I was going to own that. Cra- I'll, I'll be crazy, Jeff. Sure. Right. Because that's my reality and I create my reality and my reality might not be the same as anybody else's. Right. Other people might not be able to see my reality the way that I do. And that's okay. And once I really started to embrace that, that's when I started to grow. Right. Because at that point I'm focusing on me and my growth and my needs, as opposed to the needs of everything outside of me. Right. And we're taught that money is currency. Right. There's several forms of currency. Your time is a very valuable currency. Mm -hmm. Your attention is a very valuable currency, which is why you're told to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Right. Your intention is a very valuable currency and your energy. Right. And what people don't understand is these Federal Reserve banknotes that we're we're, we're taught to trade our whole life for. That's just a gift card for somebody else's energy. Yeah. Right. That's all that is. And it's not money because it's not backed by anything. It's a gift card for someone else's energy that's redeemable anywhere that accepts Federal Reserve banknotes. That's all it is. Right. So once you start focusing on the energetic exchange and the amount of energy that you're parting with for this paper money, that's a gift card for somebody else's energy. If those things don't balance, then you got to change something. Right. But it's just like, you can't focus on how my, my whole point is you can't focus on how things are going to be perceived because it doesn't fucking matter. No, it really doesn't.
0: No, I quit giving a fuck about what people thought of me. A, a while ago many years ago and
2: well that's at the core of religion that's yeah. that's what religion is you know
0: because you know you you walk around you want you want people oh you know he's a good guy or this and that and at, at the end of the day it's like most of these people that you want them to look at you in a certain way they 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 only see you for a short bit of the of the day or or or, week or whatever. And and it's like, why am I focusing all my energy to make sure they're happy? No, I'm I'm going to be happy. And if, if they have a problem with me being happy, then that's on them.
2: Right. And And no one else is in control of your happiness, right? Like that's, I think, something that, well, I'm unhappy because of this or I'm unhappy because of this. There are things that we can't change, right? But we can change the way we allow those things to affect us, right? And like this whole thing. With, with, and, and, and again, just religion is this one giant machine to get you to conform and be pers- whether it's by your pastor or by the church or by the people you go to church with, you're taught that that perception is what is supposed to steer your experience, right? Mm-hmm. Is so that you are perceived correctly by the church so that you can get into this fucking thing called heaven, right? Um, and I think that heaven and hell are both here. I think we're living it. Right. And I think what we make this life is heaven or hell. Imagine a life without love. Right. That sounds pretty fucking hellish to me. Yeah. Right. As opposed to creating an experience where you're operating in this vibration of unconditional love. Right. And that's what that's what it is to be Christ-like, Right. We're taught uh, this this the, to, to embrace the Christ consciousness and all this stuff is this big thing. Right. Well, where does the word Christ come from? The word Christ comes from the word Christos, which was a Greek word for crystals, right which mm-hmm. they believed was the ice of the gods so to be christ-like is to be crystalline and to be crystalline is to operate in a vibration of unconditional unconditional love it's that simple dude if you can learn to operate in that vibration of unconditional love through anything this place throws at you and transmute all the bullshit all the bullshit lead that earth school gives you into gold that's usable and favorable and good then you fucking did it dude that's yeah. heaven yeah that's heaven um and all of this, everything that happens here, whether it's the false flags or the, the, uh, the political bullshit is all the principle of polarity being used to divide you from your fellow man, right? And keep you focusing on that as opposed to your personal growth,
3: mm-hmm.
2: all of it. Right and anybody who has a hard time with that, it's like, why do we have two political parties? And people say, well, we have the Libertarian Party and we have this and we have all, yeah. When was the last time one of those even had a chance? Exactly. In a major election, right? They're there to give you the illusion of choice. You have two choices: it's red or blue. Mm -hmm. Right. It's left or right. It's conservative or liberal. And what's funny is those things have been inverted and the old school liberals from the 80s are the conservatives now. And the old school conservatives from the 80s are the liberals now. None of it even makes it. They don't even know what they're doing. No. Right. And those dudes all go play golf together. Mm
0: -hmm. They all have
2: coffee on Saturdays. They're all friends. It's a show. They're playing their parts. Right. And that those that movie that they're creating together is to keep you divided and to keep you upset. And that's the whole game, dude. And once you start to look at it like that, you see it. It's, it's fucking obvious, dude. Mm -hmm. It's all a show.
0: Yeah. I don't, I'm with you. I don't watch news other than what I see on social media. And you know what I mean? And my, my, my wife's now to that point, you know, she used to get up in the morning and, you know, have the news on, you know, listen to it in the background. And she, she, even now she's like, I don't even pay attention to it. And I was like, that's good. And, and, when I used to five years ago, um man, I would get pissed off. You know, yep. I would fall right into the game that, that they wanted. You know what I mean? Oh, I look at what that Democrat's doing and da <laughs> this and that and or or look at what this Republic. And when you step back and look, it's two wings, one fucking bird, they they, they once they have you fighting, they have control over you. You know what it's I mean? Divide and, and conquer. Yeah. And, and, and it's no different than what the Catholic, uh, the Roman Catholic church started out w- when they started conquering all over the, the, the globe, you know what yep. I mean? All over, all, all over the earth. It, that, that's what it was about. You know, you you you, you do our religion and, you know, hell the, the Vatican was on fucking Hitler's side. Right. It, 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 pe- you, pe- you tell that to people and they're like, no, that can't be, go look into it. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's, it's. It, It's out there. You know what I mean? Well, and
2: World War II is a crazy rabbit hole. Yeah. On its own. I think, I mean, a guy could spend his whole life trying to study World War II and not have it figured out.
0: Oh, totally. Um, We're still, we're still doing it. You know what I mean? That happened how many years ago?
2: And and
0: none of us, it's like, fuck dude.
2: And there's something there, right? When you, and we, we probably can't talk about it too much because the best way to get nuked is to talk about the Holocaust. Right. Right. There, It doesn't matter any free speech platform in the world. They're like, there's this one thing you can't talk about. Right. There's this one thing. Right. And it's this common theme everywhere. Right. And we as truthers should know that something being censored or taken away or us not being able to talk about it probably means there's something there right mm-hmm. i'm not a denier right before everybody starts freaking out and calling me anti-semitic and saying that i'm a holocaust that's not what i'm saying i'm saying there's something there right and any real conspiracy theorist will say well yeah they lied to us about Uh, the Bay of Pigs and they lied to us about nine 11 and they lied to us about how world war one started and they lied to us about this and they lied to but they told us the truth about world war two. It's like, come on, dude. Yeah. You know, that was the one thing they told us the truth about, you know? So there's, there's something there. And Hitler is a very interesting figure esoterically. Okay. From an occult standpoint, Hitler was obsessed with these ancient, mystical treasures right mm-hmm. whether it was the spear of destiny or it was hitler was and then you have like himmler right who was uh they were all wizards right you had the Onenerbe, which were this uh magical this mystical sect of the ss right and they bought this castle in the middle of nowhere where they all went up and practiced witchcraft at and and, and ritual magic and all this shit like they were very very occult right mm-hmm. hitler was that the, the the nazis in general right And then you start realizing all the amount of the the amount of time that Hitler spent in Antarctica. Right. And what was going on down there? And then you're like, well, wait, they were 30 to 50 years ahead of us technologically. Yeah. Right. They had anti-gravity figured out right after the the 19, like early 1900s, they had anti-gravity figured out. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, where did Hitler get this technology and what did it come from? you start asking questions like, well, what if he found someone or something in Antarctica? while he was there right why aren't we allowed to go there what if and for all these flat earthers out there what if they're not going to antarctica what if they're going through antarctica Mm. you know what i mean did did hitler find some lands beyond the poles and was gifted this technology by these by these beings and then it, where, where my brain goes is we were told that the Third Reich was about purifying the human animal, right? By creating this this supreme race, mm-hmm. right? Of, of blonde-haired, blue-eyed people, right? The Aryan race, it was called. Well, first of all, Hitler didn't have blonde hair or blue eyes. So it'd be pretty silly for him to try to say that he was creating a pure race that he wasn't a part of. right Not right. to mention Hitler was a Jew. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I hear the word Aryan or Aryan race, okay, if you, and, and then and then you find out that he worked with Blavatsky, right, and you read Blavatsky's work, Blavatsky talked about root races, the five Mayan root races, she said that there was the Polarians, which were purely etheric, right, they come from the star Polaris, and mm-hmm. they wanted to experience a physical incarnation, right, because they, again, they were completely etheric, so they created the, uh, the Hyperboreans, right, I'm trying to remember the order, Hyperborean Atlanteans. I'm forgetting one. Um, anyways, there were five root races, right? Of which we are the fifth And this root race, right? Oh, shoot, what is it? Is it the Hyperboreans, the Lemurians, the Atlanteans, and the, uh, the Aryans, I think is the way that went. Um, but the Lemurians might not be one. I, and any, and it doesn't matter like I can post the link to this and we can put it in the show notes. So somebody can check it out. Moral of the story is the Aryan race is the fifth Mayan, Mayan root race. And so according to Blavatsky, the human animal was the Aryan race, mm. right? Exactly. So it wasn't about a hair color or an eye color. It was about the human animal, right? in it's original form. And there's a lot of things once you get into, rh positive versus rh negative and stuff like this here and the fact that rh negative is double recessive so if both parents aren't rh negative the kid is almost certainly not going to be right and that the the population has gone from 50 something percent to down below 10 percent worldwide um and it's it's disappearing quickly what if this whole aryan thing was less about some supreme race and more about the original human animal that was being bred out of existence because it had been hidden from us, you know, and we all know that we've been messed with genetically. Right. I think that anyone will admit that our genes have been tampered with. We don't know why, maybe we don't know how, we don't know when, but we as the human animal have been genetically changed. Right. And so And I'm not saying what Hitler did was good. I'm not excusing his behavior. I'm just saying there's some questions that need to be answered, right? Because none of the shit that they've told us adds up. No. Right. None None of it does. Well, he was a Jew, but he wanted to kill all the Jews and he wanted blonde hair, blue eyes, but he was brown hair, brown. I mean, mean, just objectively, if you step back and you look at that and you take the information that we've been given, none of it makes sense. You know, once you learn about the pharmaceuticals and the central bank and all this stuff, because I've read it both ways. I've read that Hitler opposed the central bank. I've read that Hitler was for the central bank. It seems like a lot of the information says that he was against it and that he was against pharmaceuticals in Germany. Right. When that whole takeover was going on. And so he was on a
0: huge concoction of them,
2: though, wasn't he? Well, right. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, And so we don't have a whole lot of information. It wouldn't have been that hard for Hitler to have been demonized. Right. Right. I mean, he did Time
0: man of the year.
2: Right. It's like Putin. Right. We're taught to hate Putin. Putin's this terrible guy. Right. And don't get me wrong. He's still this is a, a communist regime or whatever you want to call it over there. Right. But Russians love Putin. Mm-hmm. the russians love him i yeah. mean and and have and uh, russia's economy is great people are happy in russia you know what i mean we're just taught that he's this terrible dude
0: yeah right well, but russia's have you been a guy since i i've been alive you know what that's mean? what i'm like, saying
2: <laughs> have you ever met putin
0: no i have not <laughs>
2: <Neither> <laughs> so I. Can't ju- I. Ju-
0: yeah i can't <laughs> judge so the only way
2: i know that putin's bad is because i've been told that and yeah. we as conspiracy theorists should know that Hearsay isn't synonymous with truth. No. You know, so World War II is just a huge enigma for me, and it's 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 crazy.
0: What's your thought on the Nazi bell? Because here in Pennsylvania in a little town called uh I think it's shanks No, Shanksville's where Flight 93 went down. Um I forget the name of the town. Damn it, it's it's drawn a blank. Um, but we had this bell-like UFO crash back in i think the 50s or 60s somewhere in there and you know they have a a a display a monument you know to it and when you look at this this ufo that supposedly crashed here in pennsylvania it looks almost identical to the nazi bell and when you know hitler and his team and what have you you know came came up with the the nazi bell and it disappeared and nobody knew where it was and they thought it was a time traveling machine so did did it disappear and travel into the future and actually crash here in Pennsylvania you know what i mean it's just one of those weird weird little things because they like you said they came up with anti gravity i mean they they were far ahead of you know the time of that day and right. you know whether they got it from going down to antarctica <laughs> because you have admiral birds you know diary you know if if it is true goes into the middle of antarctica and it's pretty much like a tropical jungle you know and then you get shot shot at by weird aircraft and told to operation high jump yeah it it, it's crazy
2: well and you know here's the thing it's something that i think a lot of people it's it's very easy to forget but like this whole linear time thing that we're taught to experience right is a is a construct and so it, and it, it's hard to explain this to someone without... We're, it, it's, it makes a lot of sense that like things happen one after the other, this happens and then this happens and then this happens, right? When in reality, everything happens at once, right? This, mm-hmm. this human linear time shit doesn't exist outside of this plane, right? And so this, this whole life that we experience here, it's almost like a, 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 you could compare it to a dream, right? A dream can seem hours long when in reality, most dreams are like between 30 seconds and one minute, right? Even though days could go by in that dream. Well, that's how this reality is in the grand scheme of things. You are an infinite being, right? And this life that you're living is just one incarnation of many that you're going to experience over the course of your infinite Life, Right. And so time travel, as as opposed to going like back or forth in time, it's more like folding this thing. Right. And accessing a different point in time. If time is a a straight line, instead of traveling along the straight line, if you just fold it, you're there. You see what I'm saying? And once you can step out of this linear time right which is what we do when we astral travel or when we remote view right there's we we have where it's kind of like tuning tuning out of that and you can tune into a, a a different point of this this linear time right and you could make the argument that like you remembering something consciously is a form of time travel right you're reliving that moment in your mind from a different point in time which is a really profound thought if you if you you know, pick that apart and you think about it. But as far as like this bell that like the the timeline was changed or whatever, we change timelines all the time, all the time. Every time you make a conscious decision, you're changing your timeline. Right. And You could be changing to a more favorable timeline, you could be changing to a less favorable timeline, or you could be changing to a very similar timeline every but every time you make a choice and there's this infinite number of timelines that run parallel to each other right imagine like a gigantic fiber optic cable and you can bounce back and forth between these little cables inside this cable to determine where you're going to land right? And each of those timelines branches out, right? And in a small decision can create drastic changes based on the timeline that you find yourself in. <clears throat> I think that whoever controls this place, and I think this is a lot of what we're seeing with CERN right now, has the ability to change timelines for the collective, first of all, and also uh, basically cause timelines to collide, right? And sometimes there's some weird fucking overlap there. The Mandela effect is a great Mm -hmm. example of this. (laughs) Right. And everything doesn't always line up perfectly. And so we have stuff like that, like with this Nazi bell, where maybe this was, maybe we were playing with some weird shit back then and, and some timelines came together and it Mm -hmm. wasn't a seamless collision. You know what I mean, and we're starting to see lots of movies about this, like that Doctor Strange Multiverse Madness. I don't know if anyone's seen that, but that movie has some profound ass implications. Um, but it's uh, okay.
0: Yeah, so that that it's Kexburg uh, is where, but that, does that not look exactly like the Nazi bell? And this was supposedly uh, yeah. the writing that they they saw.
2: Well, and look at some of the Sumerian uh, artwork. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's, there's, there's lots of shit like this and there's lots of flying machines. And then you take guys like Tesla, who was a great quote unquote inventor. Right. But Tesla will tell you, he never invented anything. Right. Right. This was just ancient gnosis that he was gifted. And you have, <clears throat> we talked on my podcast a little bit about the different parts of the mind, one of which is called the superconscious mind. Right. And this is like the collective cloud. Right, so there's all this information that just kind of sits in this cloud. And a, a good example, of this is like two comedians coming up with the same joke who have never talked to each other, right? Mm-hmm. It, there's, there's just information in the cloud and you have the ability to reach up and take that out, right? So Tesla was really good at that. There was this, there was this ancient information that was in this cloud and Tesla could just kind of pick it out and visualize it and, and implement this, right? But we're not inventing anything right we are living in the stone age comparatively to some of the civilizations that have lived on this plane before us right like literally the sto- we are cavemen compared mm-hmm. to some of the other shit that's lived here and trying to say well this is old something old could be much more advanced than anything that that we've ever tried to conceive right and I mean, our timeline is so fucked up, dude. Like, I knew that we didn't know what we were, who we were, or why we were, or where we were. But I thought that we at least knew when we were, right? I was born in 1989, right? This is the year 2022. Fomenko does some really compelling work on phantom time hypothesis that proves outright that we've got no fucking clue when we are. No, aren't we missing like a thousand years? A thousand years in one place, 300 years in another place. You've got when Pope Gregory changed the calendar, mm-hmm. um, we got no clue, dude, no, no. clue. And th- this is back to like, well, where do we get this information from? Why do we believe this? It's because that will, that's what we've been programmed to believe, right? We were also programmed to believe that we were on a spinning ball that was spinning at a thousand miles an hour while revolving at 6,600 or 66,600 miles an hour while being hurtled through infinite space collectively at like 800,000 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. Right. That's and we knew that. Right. We fucking knew it. Anybody who told us different was an idiot. But why did we know it? It's because that's what we were conditioned to believe. Yeah. Right. That's what our history is. Right. Imagine when you start playing a video game. Right. And you start out and it tells you this is you. You're the main character. This is where you came from. This is what happened. And this is why you're doing what you're doing. Right. They give you enough information to put you on a trajectory to where this this shit that you're going to experience in this game makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. There's always there's probably a lot of holes in it. You don't understand everything, but you know that this is who you are and you know that this is what happened and you know this is why you're doing what you're doing. And, you know, this is what you're supposed to do when you look at life like that, because that's ultimately what it is. We don't understand any of this shit. They just said this is who you are. This is what happened. This is what you're supposed to do. Right. And we go, yeah. okay. And we, and, and we do it, you know, but we don't know shit. No, we don't all. know anything. And, you know, ultimately that's what this game, cause that's, that's what this place is, dude. It's a fucking game. And that's, that's what this thing is, is to disorient you enough for you to blindly comply. Right. Yep. That's it. To not question, you're taught to not question, right? And you got all these dumb, smart people that are college educated that think they know everything, but all they've learned is, is to regurgitate information, right? Mm-hmm. You forget how to ask questions when you're in college. That's what college is for, right? It's just to further your indoctrination, but you, you, you're, you're taught not to critically think in right. post-secondary school. And so you have all these college educated people who are just in this vibration of blind compliance Right. And they've got this news cycle and this principle of polarity that's used to keep you disoriented enough to feel like your compliance is for the greater good. Right. Or that you are doing the right thing when ultimately this is just keeping you from focusing on you or your spiritual journey or your connection with your higher power. And religion is a big part of that, too. Between religion and the government, you have these two machines that keep pushing you down this path. Of compliance and anything that doesn't fall into this vibration of blind compliance is deemed an enemy right and, mm-hmm. and and is persecuted and we're taught to persecute each other if someone doesn't comply you know but that's that's the whole game
0: yeah and, and it's sad but i mean you nailed it with a video game right now I, i've been really hooked on uh metroid dread on nintendo switch and Met- metroid for me was like one of my all-time favorite from back back when I was a kid. And so my daughter had the, the, the switch and I saw that she had, you know, Metroid. I was like, Hey, can I borrow that for a little bit? And she's like, yeah, I don't really play it, man. I, I come home at night. If I don't have nothing to do, man, I'm just sitting there and I'm like reliving my childhood. But it, like you said, in the beginning, it gives you just enough story to say, okay, Samus, you're here from, from, from where, wherever your spaceship came. You're after this Metroid DNA and you have to kill, kill all these aliens that are, are looking for it to, to help this planet you know, survive. And as right. you go, you get a little bit more information, more, more powers and this and that. And then come to find out you have Metroid DNA in you. And, you know, long story short, it's basically exactly what you just broke down in a video game.
2: Right. Well, and that's what this whole experience is. This whole thing, if you look at this experience like you're playing a video game and realize that none of this shit that we're taught to worry about even fucking matters, mm-hmm. this place gets really fun.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like, up until, like, probably two years ago, um, I i was really focused, you know, on the day to day. You know what I mean? I was in con- conspiracies pretty much my whole life, you know, always had a questionable mindset. Um but then I, I got into podcast probably about five, five, five years ago, somewhere in there. And that really opened my mind because I was always the type that would listen to talk radio, you know, thinking that you know I, I'm, I always want to search for, for knowledge. And then one day it just hit me and it, it was weird. It was like a ton of bricks. It was like, dude, talk radio is dumb. You know, <laughs> I need to find something different. And as stupid as it was the first podcast I ever found was Sasquatch Chronicles. Well, that opened, you know, cause I've always had a f- little fondness for, for, you know, for the big hairy guy. I'm right. a believer, never, never had an encounter, but I, I believe. And so that led down a whole path of, you know, different shows that I started listening to and found conspiracy shows and all sorts of, you know, like philosophical shows. I was just like, wow. Where was this shit my whole life? Because right. now I'm listening to other people either a talk about it or have guests on that are talking about shit that I've always thought about, but had no one to talk to about. Right. And, and then jump forward. I start a podcast f- kind of for that reason, because it's like, I want to talk to these people. I want to, I want to hear what other people, you know, think in their daily life and, and where their journey's going or what, you know, whatever the topic may be.
1: Well, where do I start? <sighs> I'm bad shit. What you read in the covenant is cap. I was bred by the government. Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system. Had enough of it. Another sapien that's on the globe. Lost, code, looking for the direction, but don't nobody know. The only bit of insight that they ever sold me, I've been start to find out doesn't really hold. Every half a and piece of shit hidden in a tie, high motives to align goals. Cheating on your wife, my ties at the ninth hole. Someone gotta die, they don't care. They itemize souls, tit jobs from Botox to lipos, light bulbs. light bulbs in my head of where I might go. I'm on a tightrope, walking the edge. And I've been wondering if anyone loves me. Shit. And I've been wondering if anyone loves me. Yeah. Fuck. And I've been wondering if. Hey, keep on calcifying glands with your fluoride while I flow ride. The valor of rhyme, I'm flying high by the seat of my pants. A beat speaking to me, no, I'm talking back every chance. Hoping one day I make it overseas into France. But in the Northwest, I trip without a traveling band, yeah. And that's word to my cat plug, I'm higher than giraffe puss. Look with the cat drug in. Now I'm scribbling this rap in the bathtub at midnight. I don't fill it up with the Tap cup, soaking in my cannabis suds. Anything for a buzz, reclaim my residue inside of a dab jug. Peel through a fat stash, burning the last snug. I picture this dimension I don't wanna come back from. But here I am, still stuck in the bathtub. My brain fried, but honestly, I'm fine, I'd rather not have one. I'm bad shit. I'm fucking bad shit. And it's your fucking fault. It's their fault. Straight up. I'm done. I'm batshit what you read in the covenant. It's cap. You were fed by the government. Fact check every head when it comes to this upside down system. Had enough of it.
3: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea